Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say queens rule, but they don't. Queens lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. They're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Queen's Lead Podcast. Today, I'm so excited to host my friend and wonderful queen leader, Jan Astani. Jan has had a vibrant history of writing, motivational speaking. She's a wife. She's a mom, has a background in finance and insurance. Welcome, Jan. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Amy. I'm honored to be here. So I've been talking with a lot of my guests recently about our infinite purposes and all those little things I just named off as far as writing and speaking and insurance and finance. These are all finite projects. What is Jan's infinite purpose? What are you on this world for? Oh my goodness. Um, let me back up. I'll also throw marketing into the mix because my, my background has probably been more marketing than it has finance. Um, my purpose, you know, I think sometimes we get too caught up in trying to have a super big purpose. And I, there's, a, there's a saying that I've seen going around Facebook over the years. And it says, it talks about your purpose was when you helped that older man tie his shoes or your purpose was when you bought someone dinner or something. So I think, I, I don't know that I have a super big purpose, um, but I think we all have the opportunity to show kindness and love and inclusion. And so I think if I can be mindful to do those things on a regular basis, it doesn't take some big opportunity to do that. Those things are out there every day if we're paying attention and if our eyes are open. Oh man, that's it. I love that. So many people spend way too much time trying to figure out that, you know what, jam somebody that's making a difference one person at a time. Well, and it, it, you know, I, I find when I go to meetings, I tend to see or look for the person who's off by themselves, that it feels like you can be the most confident person in the world and you walk into a chamber meeting or a board meeting or oh, yeah. whatever, and, and you see this group over here and this group over here, and it's hard to break in when you're the new kid, no matter how confident, no matter what your title is, no matter how old you are. And so if I can seek someone out, and introduce myself and make them felt like they've been seen and included. Um, that makes me happy. And I hope it makes the other person happy as well. Well, I know it certainly made me happy. The first time I met you, you just plucked me right up and practically gave me a hug. It I felt did. like with your personality, <laughs> yeah. you have an uncanny ability to make everyone around you feel wonderful. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So you have a background, I'm so sorry, I misspoke and said finance okay. instead of marketing. I know you're marketing director for an insurance company yes. and have, have spoken um, on many stages. Tell us what that, what breaking into that looked like. I know a lot of our listeners are, are maybe trying to get in front of, of people. Well, I'll kind of back up. Um, I had back in 2010, I left a job that I had been at for 15 years and I had looked for other positions while I was still employed there and nothing was coming up. And I just, I was at the point where I was either going to 
lose it one day and walk out. And I knew I was better than that. I knew my parents taught me better than that. And I knew that when I left, it would be on my own terms. So I turned in my letter of resignation with no place lined up to go to. Um, and I remember to this day, the day that I turned in my resignation, as I was driving home, I was about a block from my house and the Gloria Gaynor song, I Will Survive came on. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and I, I truly, I'm a big believer in signs. I call them God winks. And so to me, that was my God wink that no matter where I landed, everything was going to be okay. So mm -hmm. this was mid-November. I kind of took the next couple of months off. And so come January, I thought, okay, I need to get up and start really looking and get some money back in for my family. And it kind of just dawned on me that the reason I had not been able to find another position was because this was my time to pursue my love of motivational speaking and writing and training, professional development training. Mm -hmm. So on a whim, I just started it. I had no, I mean, my back, my degrees in journalism, but I had no professional training in training or public speaking other than taking speech as a freshman in high school. And so I just, I just, I got opportunities to speak in front of women's groups, rotary clubs, church groups. Um, and from there, people would come and hear me and then they, I get booked for someplace else. I started doing training. Um, I did, I did my own things where I would invite people to my seminars. I had a state contract for an agency that I did training in. And then also at the same time, I started a blog and I'm pretty tech challenged, <laughs> computer challenged sometimes, but my husband set me up on a blog on WordPress and I started writing a blog post once a week and just wrote about whatever was on my heart at the time and um, did that for three years. And I just, I loved it. I, um, I think it, talking about passion and purpose, I think that was one of my purposes was to be able to use my talents as a writer and um, to be able to speak into people, whether it be through the written word or the spoken word. Mm -hmm. So you just did the thing. I just did it. And I, I didn't plan it. I didn't have a business plan. I didn't have so much money saved up. Um, I just winged it and did it. And when I was thinking about quitting, I think my, one of my sisters, I think was tired of hearing me talk about it <laughs> or quit talking about it. And so my yeah. sister said to me, if you quit your job and you don't have anything else lined up, what's the worst thing that can happen? And so people say, oh, it's really easy to think about what the worst thing, well, no, people would say, why don't you think about what the best thing is that would happen? And I said, that's the easy thing. But if you think about the yeah. worst thing. So I thought if I quit my job and I don't have anything else lined up for a while, my worst thing was I would go work at 7-Eleven. And my sister said, go. because at this time, this was 2010, they had banners above the stores that would say now hiring for $12 an hour, you know, and I yeah. thought, hey, if I have to do that, I'll do that. So right. there, was, there was something about looking fear in the face, figuring out what, what the worst thing would be that could happen if you made this leap of faith and then do it. And I came across the saying that said, when you take a leap of faith, God will do one of two things. He will either catch you when you fall or he'll give you wings to fly. So, so that's what go. I did. So I just, I loved it. Um, my blog 
I didn't promote it. I didn't boost anything. And I still have one post on there that randomly shows up page one of Google. I don't know how that happened, but it did. And, um, and, and their comments, people are reading it from other countries. And so that touches me. There's no money in that. There's no award for that. There's no public TV recognition. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just me knowing that somebody somewhere was searching. I show up in their search and then they took the time to read my thoughts and then it took even more time to, to respond back and, and send me a comment. So, um, yeah. so yeah, so that, so I would say just, you know, there's places that are always looking for speakers. There are places, um, you know, and I did a lot of it for free. I did a lot of it where I was paid, but um, somebody always, there's an audience out there for anybody. And now with everything you can do online with Zoom and all of that, um, podcasts and, and blogs, you can get your, you know, you don't have to wait for someone to ask you to do it. You just do it. You were saying that some of those, uh, you just did it. You just jumped right in and just started offering yourself up as a valuable trainer to these people to teach them the things that you knew that you'd already come through, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and for me, I love being in front of an audience is very um, comforting to me and very, I take it very seriously, but it's also, it just, it gives me great pleasure to be up there speaking and to see that people are getting it and they're writing stuff down or they're saying, can you repeat that please? Or tell me that one more time. Um, and, and then to see people later who say, I heard you speak somewhere. And I, re I remember this that you said, it's like, okay, yeah, somebody was paying attention and it did make a difference. And they do remember things that, that I had said. So, um, yes. so I just, I love that. And I love being able to share my beliefs and, and things that have helped me through the years with others. Um, you know, if they can just leave with one nugget of wisdom that they didn't have before that makes a difference in their lives, then that makes me happy. That's got to be the most fantastic feeling for someone to come up to you and be like, you taught me this thing and you don't even recognize their face necessarily that they were just in an audience that you got the chance to be in front of. Yes, this is kind of a funny story. I had done a, a presentation um, where I read a story and the story is quite moving and it usually makes me cry. I have to practice it numerous times before I can do it without crying. And it's a great, it's oh, a great, great story. But when I do that, many people that are listening get caught up and get very emotional. So I did this presentation. Um, I can't remember where, but then somebody who had been in my audience was in one of my training classes and they knew I was going to do the same. I was going to share the same story or something. Or he said, are you going to make us cry again? I said, no, 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 I don't <laughs> have that same story again. But he remembered that. And, and um, you know, once again, we all want to feel like we matter and that our voice is important and that people listen. So, um, so that was, that was it. So. So what kind of tools have you been able to put into the tool belt of, with these training sessions that you've done? Are, are they more on a corporate level for employees of a company? Is it more just personal development or is it a combination of both? Kind of a combination of both. I utilized a lot of the resources from the local library system. They've got some great training kits and business kits. So I've done creativity training. I've done um, generational leadership training, looking at how a millennial deals with someone who is a baby boomer like me and, and differences and things like that. 
Um, I've done communication ones. Um, one of my state contracts, I got to do strengths finder training. And if you're familiar with that, it's, um, it's where you take an assessment. There's about, I don't know, 25, 30 questions. And based on your answers, it comes up with what your top five strengths are. And some of the strengths are in how you deal with others. Some of the strengths are in what's internally inside you. But the concept is, number one, when you put a team of people together, you don't want everyone on your team who's just like you. If you're, right. if you're lacking in organization, then you want someone on your team who's, you know, organizer extraordinaire. The other thing it talked about is how many times, and I've been there, done that, when you're in a, a job situation and it's time for your quarterly or your yearly review and your boss says, okay, tell me what your weaknesses are and what you're going to do to make those better. Well, chances are, if they're your weaknesses, you don't like to do them, you're not good at them, and really you're not concerned or care about getting, getting over that. So instead, mm -hmm. if you know what your strengths are, if you can take the time and effort to make those strengths even better, that's where your personal growth comes in. So that was, that was really um, an eye-opening training experience because I did it with five, five or six groups. And when people would see what their strengths were, you know, somebody might say, oh, I see that so much about you or, oh, I would never guess that about you. And then when I did the assessment, it was surprised at things that didn't show up and things that did show up. So I've heard people say, oh, I did this test and then I did it five years later and my results were different. I've heard people say, oh, I did the test and then two years later I did it and the results were the same. So, you know, those kinds of trainings to know what you're really good at, you probably already know what you're really good at, but um, devote that time and energy into growing your strengths not in trying to make your weaknesses better because you're probably never. Yeah. Gonna yeah. So that was kind of, that was kind of right. eye opening and kind of a, um, an aha moment for me to do that training. Yeah, I bet. And not just the value it brings the individual employee or team member, but their, their leadership. I mean, why are you trying, sometimes we try to force that square peg into the round hole and like, She's not good at that. Put her over here, exactly. you know, to be able to exactly. move your staff around even. Right. Because somebody can yeah. excel at, at job A over here. And then because of that person excelling, management or leadership goes, well, if she's great there, let's promote her over here. And then you put her in something where she's a fish out of water and she, she it doesn't go well for her. And so that's because nobody knew her strengths might've been great here, but move her over here. And she just, she, she failed and she just, she, she, she was moved where she should not have been. But, yeah. 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 That'll make someone quit in a hurry. Yes. Even though they're a valuable employee, maybe just got to get the right butt in the right seat. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so it's sometimes when you know what, like if I knew what your strengths were, I'd go, oh, okay, now that makes sense. Um, and it, it helps with how I communicate with you. If I knew that you were, um, you know, very analytical, very to the point, very all of this, I'm not going to come in and, and, you know, spend 20 minutes talking about kids in our weekend to catch up. I'm just going to go, Amy, can you help me with this? This is what I need you to do. Yes. Yeah. I struggle with that sometimes. Like I know I'm supposed to be kind of like friendly at first, but I'm, I am usually the kind of person that like, I'm calling you for this reason. Let's get down to business and then yes. we can chat later. Yes. I don't know. Yes. Knowing that communication style about yourself and those that you're around is 
huge. Yeah. So this kind of goes in with all of the other Myers-Briggs and all the other personality assessments and stuff. But it was it was a lot of fun doing the training for this group. And the state agency I did it for, um, it spoke to me about the leadership of that agency that they invested and poured into their staff to give them the tools to make them not only better at their jobs, but better in their personal lives and just better people all the way around. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you have happy people, they're happy at work and at home and at all the places, not just going yeah. to that drag yes. <laughs> that we have to do. Yeah, most definitely. So, um, so talk a little bit about your nonprofit work. I know you've been involved with many over the years. Are there any that have stuck out? Um, well, I got involved with nonprofits probably back in the mid-1990s before I had kids. So I have I have served on Big Brother's Big Sister board. I served on a, a ballet board. I have done um, Chambers of Commerce board with the Moore Chamber of Commerce. And then my at Food and Shelter in Norman, I, I served on that. My current board is serving on the Virtue Center board. It's based in Norman, but it serves a multi-county area. It's been around for about 50 years. And wow. its mission, um, they say they want to give hope and healing to those dealing with addiction and mental health struggles, which is mm. um, always prevalent, but much more so now during the pandemic and COVID, they have seen their numbers go up with who they serve. They have seen funding go down. Um, some of their programs have had to be cut because there's just not money to, to do it. So it's, um, I've known the director for about 10 years and had a chance to come on board back, I think in October of 20. So it's a great, um, they, they run a drug court in Cleveland County, which is kind of a last ditch effort that people can go through before they go off to jail. So mm -hmm. they've had great success with that. Um, they, do, they do family counseling. They have programs in the schools for kids who have been expelled due to being caught with substances that are not allowed on campus. So they can go, they can either do a, like a 45 day suspension or they can go through classes at the Virtue Center along with the parent for about four weeks. And then their really? suspension is reduced from 45 days down to 10 days. So they, wow. they just, um, they're just, and they've taught me that you can't, you can't look at someone just like, just like food and shelter. You can't look at someone and go, well, you've got depression, but you're okay. You're hungry. You're homeless. You can't ever look and people look just like we do that struggle with those things that nobody ever knows about. So it's, um, I wish I could say that there will come a time that their services are never needed. And I don't know that that will ever happen, but in being involved in the board, I hear more and more people that I never knew who had struggles that are comfortable enough and strong enough to admit that. Um, and, and, you know, once again, you just never know who struggles and who might not know that there are resources out there. One thing the Virtue Center hears a lot about is, I only wish I knew you were here. You know, they, they don't, mm -hmm. they're a nonprofit, so their budget is limited to advertise. We're in a capital campaign right now to, to build a beautiful new facility at I-35 and Lindsay. The building they are in right now is an old church and it served its purpose, but to go into that building to receive treatment um, 
it's kind of a depressing old um dilapidated not dilapidated but it's just it's it's an old yeah. building to go into and so to know that clients are coming in at the lowest times in their lives and they're having to walk down long halls or you know sit in rooms for counseling that have no windows doesn't make for a conducive healing environment so we are super excited about this new building we just broke ground last week and um, exciting it, it will be it will be beautiful once it's all finished Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I know the time in my life when I struggled the most with my mental health, I was, I felt very lost. I didn't know that, that many of the things I've now learned exist, existed. Yes. So you are serving a huge mission and purpose, one that I could have benefited from years ago. I'm one of those people that's strong enough to stand up and say, finally, yeah, I struggled with my mental health like bad and I turned to substances because of it. Yeah. Do you find a direct correlation with just about every case and every client you serve? You mean as far as um, addiction and mental health? Yes, yes, yeah, of course. Yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then addiction and mental health also go hand in hand with people who are experiencing homelessness. You know, chances are something in their background has, you know, it's, it's a cycle. It's a vicious cycle. And yes, most definitely um, lots, lots of the issues facing people in our community, one leads to the other or one causes the other. It, it, yeah. And, and if you treat one and not the other, you're not getting anywhere. So, yeah. Yeah. But thank you for being open about your struggles. Um, you know, people look at you and would probably never, you know, she's got it all together. She's beautiful. She's, <laughs> vivacious and she's lovely. And she's, she's so full of life. Um, and I've had, I've had loved ones that unbeknownst to me had struggled. And I, you know, looking back, I'm like, how did I not know? How could I not have told what, what they were going through, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and there's the, um, there's still the stigma in certain generations that you just don't talk about it and you don't want anybody yeah. to know because, oh, what would they think of our family? And that only happens to certain kinds of people. No, it happens. Mm -hmm. It happens, um, you know, with, with the tragic passing of Naomi Judd a few weeks ago. And, oh, get out um, of my head. That's all I could think of. Yeah. Yeah. This beautiful, vibrant, older woman. I think sometimes that, you know, the, the, the extremes in age, I've recently become aware of some, some cases um, that have come through our own town right here with children at the age of eight, nine, 10 attempted suicide. Now we're looking at Naomi Judd, who was what, 70 years old, suicide. It is not just this middle-aged depressed yeah. mom or something that is upset. It's every age. It, it has no bounds. No, and no economic ban, no economic restrictions. Um, gender, mm -hmm. professional, nothing, nothing. I saw something I think I mentioned earlier, I'm a big believer in signs and God winks. And I saw there's a National Association of Mental Illness, NAMI, NAMI. And somebody had said they were watching something about Naomi Judd's life. And at the end, they realized that her, the letters in her name, N-A-O-M-I, are the same for the national something of national association of mental health n a o m i oh my gosh yeah i just got chills yeah. stop it i know, oh I, know I botched that up but yeah somebody I, I follow a facebook page called god winks and they had posted that and 
um, so yeah, so how, as tragic as that story is, and as shocking and just surreal, how many people may she help? How many families may she help by her daughters speaking about it, sharing her story, which Naomi, I think, shared her story through books and, and never, never hid what she was going through. But yeah, so, so, um, so to be part of an organization that reaches out and offers help to people, um, and it's a great staff and, you know, to work in a nonprofit, especially during the pandemic has to be a challenge times a thousand, but the, the staff at Virtue Center, they get up and they do it every day. And, um, and, and I love it at board meetings or through a group text when Teresa, the director, will share client testimonials about when they came to the Virtue Center and then when they were able to successfully go through therapy and how their life was then versus how their life is now. Yes. So, yeah. So it's, it's a wonderful, um, it's a wonderful organization. So for people that want more information, it's the virtue center.org. So, all right. Now, do, are there any qualifiers? Do they have to come to you through any certain type of way or they can come on their own? No, they can walk right into the office. Um, they're in, uh, uh, between downtown Norman and campus, they can walk in and they are seen by someone that day. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> wow. They don't, they, wow. Don't have, they don't have to be referred by another agency or, mm -mm. and, and one thing that I've heard, um, just, once again, the testimonials that are shared is that when people come in, um, that they're treated like they matter and they're treated like people and they're treated like, I don't care how much money you have. I don't care where you, where you've been. We are here to help you to get you where you need to be. So there's no, no judging, no judging. Wow. Yeah. And tell us again, what all they offers, what all the Virtue Center offers. So there's counseling. There's counseling. Um, they don't right now, they don't do mental health counseling unless a client is also dealing with addiction issues, but they are working mm -hmm. on um, hopefully within the next six to 12 months, they're working on getting accreditation to become a mental health facility as well. So you don't have okay. to come in to say, I'm dealing with the substance abuse. I also have mental health. So, so that's really good. They have individual counseling. They have group counseling. Um, they don't, I don't think they offer any AA groups. They may, but they have connections to groups within the community that they can do. Their staff is always being trained, CE units, um, people coming in for training and things like that. So just, you know, if anybody is struggling with whatever, and even if they don't know if they can be helped there, call or come in to talk to someone to be, to be referred to other places that might be able to help. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because when you don't know where to turn, there's, you know, an entire internet out there. And like you said, some nonprofits don't have the money to get their name no. out there, but there are so many out there available and waiting to help those that yes. come to them. Yes. So the Virtue Center may very well just be an entry point to getting connected with other help as well, if exactly. they're not the right fit at that time. Exactly. And Nor I live in Norman. Norman has a great nonprofit community. So many mm -hmm. of them share the same clients, many of them share the same services, but they are great at referring 
you know, if we can't help you here, go see so-and-so over there or go call this person um, at this, at this um, agency, they can help you with what you need. So it's, it's great to see. I think Norman sometimes doesn't want to admit that Norman has people who struggle with different issues yeah, but they do. We do. Yeah, and, yeah, we do. Um, we do. And and luckily there is the support system that the United Way, you know, and all these agencies that work together, um, they do their best to try to help everybody with with what they what they have and what they can do. Yeah, the, I I love and hate that you have to say that we in Norman don't think we have that problem. We are not immune, listeners. Listen to me. Edmund is not immune. No fancy town is immune. We all have people that we know, first degree friends or relatives that are currently struggling or have struggled. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we, we ain't got our, our too good for you shoes on. We, we're going right. to just spread that message and let right. them know. And Absolutely. I'm, and I know that that feeling was all, I also had that feeling when I was involved with food and shelter back around 2000. 12, 2014, that, you know, dealing with people who are hungry and who don't have a place to live, you know, in today's age, how can people go hungry? Well, they do, and, and they don't have a place to stay. So um, Norman is a very wealthy, very privileged community, and I'm very honored and, and happy to live here, but we also have a community of well-deserving souls who need help, and, mm -hmm. um, and, and Norman overall, I think, does a great job doing that but there's always more that's needed what do you think it's going to take Jane? do you think it, it's going to i mean uh, the awareness is there but do you think it's time for some of our leaders to stand up and say kind of like a little me too movement maybe so um i was at a, a meeting the other day and the city manager was there and i was very i'd never heard him speak before was very impressed with him but i asked i said okay um, you know, we have a population here who experience homelessness. What is the city doing for that? And some of his answers were very legit, but I also felt like some of his answers were, these people don't want to be helped. You know, kind of like if they really wanted to find a place to stay and to live and to get off the streets, we can help them with that so <laughs> okay <laughs> and, and I, there and was I, a time in my life when I wished that I wanted to want to get better does yes. that make sense yes yes I didn't have it within me to even want those things because I didn't know how I didn't yes. know how yes. I was I was a breath away from homelessness probably in all reality wow. And, and was definitely a handful of pills away from death many, 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 many times. Um, so yeah, I, I think there, there's room for education. Well, and, and as I said, I appreciate, I, I could see perspective is one of my favorite words. I could, I could see where he was coming from on both sides and, and also mm -hmm. having served with food and shelter, knowing that they know there are clients that they'll probably never be able to get off the streets because that's just not, for whatever reason, that's just not feasible for certain individuals. Um, mm -hmm. But I just felt like it was a little bit of a cavalier answer, just kind of like, well, we just deal with it. 
Well, yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. So time for us to step up. That's fine. <laughs> Amy, we'll just trot down to the Virtue Center and let's just start talking to some people. Yeah. 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 100%. Oh my gosh. Well, you are doing some amazing things. Thank you so much. I, what else? What else? What else do you want the world to know about you? Um, I have a wonderful husband that will be married 31 years in June. So he, uh, my, my IT guy that was here to help me. <laughs> I have two, two great boys. Um, William is 24, lives in Boston, adulting and just loving life and, and having fun. Thomas is, um, he'll be 22 on Friday and he is finishing up at OU and lives here in Norman. And so I just, um, I'm blessed with a loving family. I've got two older sisters. Um, my husband's family is here. My sisters live out of state. Um, but it just, I mean, life is good. And, and I've got great friends and um, great support systems and great opportunities. And so I just, you know, as I said, I try to try to just spread some peace, love, and sunshine and um, help where I can and learn where I can as well. Well, you absolutely do that. I think I read a quote on your, Inst uh, not Instagram, my, my apologies, your uh, LinkedIn page that says, change is not a four-letter word. Fear is. Yes. I came up with that. Those are, that's my quote. I came up with that it. when I was leaving my longtime job of 15 years and stepping out in huge faith of not knowing where my paycheck was going to come from, who was going to hire me, what I was going to do. Was I going to go to 7-Eleven? And so, yeah, so change is not a four-letter word. Fear is. And I think if we don't change, we don't grow. Um, and it's easy to stay where you are because it's familiar and it's comfortable, even though it might not make you happy, at least you know what you've got. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if, if, if you don't change, you don't grow and change is not a bad word Fear and fear is not a bad word, but, but um, yeah, fear is the four letter word that you just got to overcome it and just do it and see what just happens. Nike yeah. was right. Just do it. Yeah. And once again, what if I do this, what's the worst thing that can happen and figure out your worst thing and then do it and, and see what happens. Yeah. What's the worst thing? I remember my mother. Now I have not come from a family of entrepreneurs or even business owners or anything, but this little nugget of wisdom somehow stays in here. And sometimes I draw on it and sometimes I don't, but my mother, I'm doing it more and more all the time. My mother used to say, Amy, they can't eat you. They can't eat you. They can't eat you. I, like, I what that. are they going to do? Like, like I have this big stack of bills. I have all these worries. I have all these, but, but they can't eat you. What's the word? And that's, what's her way of saying, what's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah. Like you're surrounded by this community and your friends and your family. And even if it is just you, you're also powerful. So what's really, can they eat you? I love that. I love that. My mom, I think my favorite quote from my mom is she would always say, always do your best and try your hardest. And I have since in the last few years learned kind of a, a follow-up to that, that our best changes every day. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, depending on what we're dealing with. 
struggles in our mind, um, struggles at work, struggles in our family, struggles with our health, that maybe your best today was that you got up, you showered, you went to work, you put in a full day. Maybe tomorrow your best is that you got up out of bed and changed your clothes and went back to bed. So mm -hmm. that was great insight that your best changes. Do your best always, but always remember that your best from day to day changes. That's right. That's yeah. right. And don't overdo yourself. No one, none of us can be a hundred percent all the time, every day. No, that's why we have each other. That's right. That's right. Thank you so much, Shan, for coming on and talking about your, your struggles, your challenges and your wins. I'm, I'm so blessed to know you and to have you in my community as someone who recognizes their position and pours from their overflowing cup to those oh, around them. You. Truly. You really do. Thank you. I just, I just knew that day I, saw you, I, that day I saw you at the chamber. I'm like, I need to know this girl. And, and I'm glad, um, I'm glad I did. So we have a lot more discovering to do and um, connections to make. I, one of the things I love to do is I love to make connections. And I don't always know why I sometimes feel compelled to connect Sally here with Bobby over here. And I've learned it's not always up to me to figure out why I just do it. And I've learned to get permission from both people before I do it. And some <laughs> of them, some of them turn out to be great connections. Others, you know, didn't amount to anything, but um, um, everybody, everybody needs to, to, to just have someone out there that they can um, grow with and laugh with and um, transpire with and conspire with and <laughs> so. Absolutely. You are. You are a master connector. You've already connected me with several people that I'm really looking forward to getting to know better, not to mention yourself. So thank you so much for being here, Jan. And thank you for being a queen who leads. Thank you from one to another. Love you.